amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello again, everybody. We'll just go ahead and start the whole episode over, all right? (laughs) Sounds good? Okay. So, my name is Ray. This is Screen Heroes, episode 116, and we are talking about Deadpool 2 tonight. We're going to review the film and all of its uh, maximum effort glory. I, of course, am here with my two regular hosts, Derek. Yo. And Ryan. Hi. Very lovely in their evening gowns tonight. That was a joke from earlier. Sorry. Just wanted to keep it in there. And... Yeah. I thought it worked. I thought it was all right. I like my J-Lo joke, but it's okay. We can move on without it. All right. (laughs) This is our guest tonight, Mike Flanagan. He is an old friend of mine. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) You're also decked out in Deadpool goodness. I am. Yeah. Yeah. With the tacos and the Deadpool. And everyone says Deadpool like chimichanga's best. False. Chimichanga is more fun to say. There you go. That's true. The things you learn on Screen Heroes. So before we dive into the movie... News! So in the cartoon space, two cartoons have received new makeovers, the new Thundercats Roar, as well as the existing DC Superhero Girl shows. Correct. So Thundercats Roar is a complete new re- reboot of Thundercats uh, for Cartoon Network, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, should be out later this year, I guess, this fall. And uh, that's... I don't know how to really feel about it. The animation style kind of puts me off considering what I've been used to with Undercats, just how I view them. Uh, I'm not as put off when I see the exact same animation style on Steven Universe, but that was because it's new characters, whole new world, like, whatever. Um, (laughs) I also really enjoyed the 2011 storylines because, you know, they were just really, really good. Yeah. There's that He-Man goodness. Right? Yeah, I'm kind of a Thundercats purist. I didn't watch the 2011 because it felt too anime to me, and I kind of love the 80s animation style with, like you said, He-Man, you know, the big muscle muscular uh gi joe everybody yeah, has a straight jawline exactly and you know i like my lion to be more you know big masculine kind of guy versus yeah. like steven universe whatever he blob of color you they call are that definitely blobs yeah like, i think it, that is uh, it's way more cartoonish it looks it just it, these guys clearly haven't done any star wars at all and I, it's missing I can only hope that, you know, my nieces like it and we can kind of just bond over I try over not to be in gatekeeping, but, yeah. you know, it's yeah. tough when you love something a lot and then it just changes a lot and you're not sure how to deal with it, you know? So, you know, maybe I don't watch this. Maybe it's not for me. It doesn't appeal to me visually, so I can't imagine really getting into the story. If I don't like looking at something, I'm not going to really want to be more involved, so... It definitely looks like it's directed towards a younger audience than the original show. Yeah. Um, or even the 2011 one, uh, which is totally fine if that's the goal, right? If they want to bring in a younger audience, that's that's fine. It just doesn't really look like it's for me. Yeah. But the DC Superhero Girls, I actually like their redesigns. It's a little edgier. It's a little kind of cooler, I think. I, I think so, too. I think it's pretty appealing. It is drawn in the style that Lauren Faust usually draws in if you're familiar with her and Fosters and Powerpuff Girls and My Little Pony of course then you're familiar with her art style. Uh, A lot of people are having issues with the fact that they have revamped the main characters Harley and Ivy and Katana were kicked out uh, everybody else is still there but they also added in Satana and I'm happy with that I love her, I love the purple hair look that they gave her so I'm going to give it a chance. The web series has been fairly successful, which is why they're finally moving it to TV. I guess people are just a little bitter that there was a change because now there's going to be change in merchandise and change in costumes and 
like physical costumes, not just mm-hmm. show. So. Yeah, I don't know. They have to change the costumes, or else they can't sell more action exactly. figures, dolls, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's why they had to keep rebooting the Transformers every couple of years. They need to make True. new toys. Yeah, every Marvel movie. I mean, Cap's had how many costumes <laughs> now at this point? Yeah, the poor guy. Um, well, that's why a lot of people were saying that uh, the 2011 Thundercats were canceled because of low toy sales. Like, low toy Andy sales will, will do that, but it's also ratings. Like, if people don't tune in to watch it, then toy sales wouldn't mean dick, you know? Like, it helps. It absolutely helps. And both those shows were killed by uh, Cartoon Network, you know? It took two years to get out the second season of Justice League because they kept putting it on hiatus. Even though there were finished episodes, they just didn't want to give them the satisfaction, which is why it's coming back on the DC streaming universe this time around. They're not Mm -hmm. even screwing with Cartoon Network this time. Oh, you mean Young Justice? Yeah. Yeah, Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. So it's not like Cartoon Network really helped out the shows in the past. I think they just want to build on their Steven Universe and their Teen Titans Go at this point. In 70 episodes of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah, I think Futurama is really the only show they ever kind of saved. Correct. And even that was only for a limited time, so, you know. And I truly believe there are different people running their kids' department from their adult swim department as well. Probably. Sure. So, speaking of kind of that mixture of childhood stuff and adult stuff... Um, there is a trailer now for Happy Time Murders, which... Directed by Brian Henson using the Henson puppets. Yeah, it's an adult movie with Muppets in it, kind of, sort of. They're Muppet-esque, anyway. I've, None of the actual Muppets seem I've to I've met be in a it. lot of men that have simulated coming with Silly String before. I never thought I'd see it on the big screen. And not for like a minute and a half. Yeah, that was just straight. Like, yeah. Protestly long. I mean, seeing that trailer reminded me of that Angel episode in season five where oh, he got turned into a puppet. Yeah. And I. That was a rough episode. That it may was. be the worst episode of Angel ever produced. <laughs> Strongly disagree. It was one of the best. Well, how do you guys feel about this trailer for this really weird movie starring Melissa McCarthy? I actually think it'd probably be a better movie without the puppets, to be honest. <laughs> like. Now I just want to see Joel McHale and Melissa McCarthy star in a TV show together where they hate each other or something. Like, that sounds more fun to me. You know, it reminds me of um, uh, Roger Rabbit and just that crossover between uh, combining the real live action universes with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly a fictionalized one and saying, oh, no, they're in a whole real world together. And Mm -hmm. uh, it could be interesting. But, I mean, yeah, that whole silly string uh, wad blowing really kind of like, I lost interest at that point. It looked really weird. It did not grab me at all. Uh, but Ryan, you're you're the biggest Henson guy in the group here. How did you feel about it? I don't really know. Like, I don't have an answer. Melissa McCarthy is not my favorite actress right. in general. So, obviously, right then, I was not super interested in it. But, um, you know, when I found out I was directed by Brian Henson, I just have really weird feelings about it. Because, you know, part of me, the part of me that grew up with Jim Henson stuff is like, would Jim Henson have wanted his company doing something like this? But I didn't know Jim Henson. Maybe he would. I mean, there were adult themes in a lot of his stuff, but yeah. nothing that was like just body fluid humor, sex and yeah, shit, that right. Was, and so I, I don't know. I feel kind of weird about it. I don't know if I'll go see it as much as I want to support Henson Studios, and I really want to support Brian Henson and carry on that family legacy. But I don't know. I just really don't. Maybe my feelings will change a little bit. Right now, I can't see myself going to a theater to see it. Maybe I'll watch it like later, but I don't know. I'm kind of with you on that. I only laughed once, and it was at the ecstasy joke, because I don't know why, but, like, really blatant drug jokes are really funny to me. It's, you know, clearly addiction's very tragic, and death is very tragic, but watching Melissa McCarthy snort, like, purple rock candy and then (laughs) die for a couple seconds, it was... It reminded me of Kim Jong dying in Hangover 2, and I just Fantastic. giggled. I just giggled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ch- chat's got a few people in there that seem somewhat interested, you know, uh, Avenue Q flash packs and, and things like that. Um, I mean, I love Avenue Q. Yeah, uh, I adore that. But maybe it's because it's a musical, and I know that they're not Muppets. Maybe that helps. You Are know? you saying that all monsters look the same? No, I'm saying they're not Muppets. I'm saying they're not Muppets. I was just quoting the musical. I know, I know, but I'm just, you know. 
All right, well, that's that. Um, let's move on then to the Shazam Gate world. 2018. Shazam Gate. <laughs> we actually have something. We still haven't gotten technically an official release of anything, but Zachary Levi did share on Instagram a picture of him next to some sort of <laughs> appears to be an advertisement for Shazam that nobody knows where it's at or anything. Guessing in the studio. Zachary somewhere. Quinto is not letting DC drag its feet. Levi. Quinto. I said Quinto, totally. Yeah. Oh my god, Zachary Levi. Yes, Zachary Levi is not letting DC drag its feet. They're not releasing anything for Aquaman. He is not going to let yeah. that happen for Shazam. Right. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, and the suit does look better. I mean, you can't see the full whatever it is, poster or art or whatever. But it looks uh, like an ad for slushies. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> well, I the, love it. The the drink doesn't really look like soda, but it also doesn't look like. Iced coffee. I mean, you don't really know. Is it Kool Aid? Why is he drinking out of it? It's a Slurpee, man. Yeah, but it's not like aren't Slurpees like chunky, like frozen ice type thing? Well, they are, but they don't. They're smooth when you see them in a cup. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it is. Then. We I need to take know. you to a Seven Eleven. Clearly, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> you're unfamiliar with the concept of Slurpees. I mean, I know that they're frozen ice of some kind. <laughs> and... Life, if you lived. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> not, not a good one, apparently. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty exciting. The internet has responded fairly positively, although yes. there's still the people that are like, "Why are they doing this Deadpool poster for uh, Shazam?" Because apparently, when you use a white background in a poster, it makes it a Deadpool ripoff. I um, think that people are. You immediately get that it's kind of a comic relief that it's supposed to be a little sillier, more tongue in cheek. And Deadpool has been that for us in the superhero world. We haven't really had any other comedic goes at it from a major corporation or franchise, I guess. So uh, the comparisons to Deadpool just mean that you've seen advertisements before. Because <laughs> I don't think that you've ever actually seen either of these characters, that you've read a comic book of either of these characters. Because they're so yeah. different. It's Apparently ridiculous. when you have two humorous characters, they're exactly the same. But no. there's a lot of people wondering, like, is this going to be a flop because DC is trying to do lighter stuff now, like Marvel does, or whatever, you know, the comparison they're going to make. And so, I don't it know. It should be lighter. Shazam Absolutely. should not be a dark thing. No you want to give Billy Batson some tragedy because, I mean, the the boy does live with his grandpa and not with his parents. So, yeah, feel free to give him a ridiculous, tragic backstory for a second there, but... He's still a 10, 11-year-old boy, so you got to make his life a little happy as well. He's living out his fantasies. So. And everybody's hoping for the uh, Man of Steel cameo in it because <laughs> oh, I Henry too. Cavill has been, like, they've been having, like, Instagram talks and stuff like that, so everybody thinks that's how they're going to try and tie it into the main universe. Yeah. I would rather it be a Wonder Woman and him, like, not know how to, 10-year-old boy, not know how to react to Wonder Woman, like... <laughs> Being as tall as I mean, like, that would be cool, but yeah. I feel like they they still need to keep Superman as a central figure in the universe. That's part of the. But Wonder Woman's the having. only one that had a movie that made a You're lot right. of money. You're Man right. Still didn't make that much. Superman's still Superman, though. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I've always enjoyed in the Justice League Unlimited cartoons the the, the disconnect you had between Billy Batson and Shazam and Superman, where they clashed, mm -hmm. and Billy Batson kind of came and said, yeah, "I don't like you guys anymore. I'm I'm not going to play in the sandbox." So I think bringing Superman into it could be an interesting foil. Even if it is just like a walk-on thing. I don't I'm sure expect it will much be. from that. Yeah, so I don't yeah, think yeah. it's going to be any story-wise anything. Um, the last piece of superhero news we have is Spider-Man related. Jake Gyllenhaal is apparently in intense talks to play Mysterio in Homecoming 2, which is also apparently supposed to bring back Michael Keaton. Shouldn't it be like prom instead of Homecoming? Or court warming. Uh, yeah. Maybe graduation. <laughs> I assume its title is not Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Oh. I assume that's not the real title of the movie, but what else would you call it? Spider-Man 2. But it's not Spider-Man 2. We already have Spider-Man 2. They can't legally call it that. So, it's a trademark. Spider-Man <laughs> Rise from the Ashes. Just saying. Aww. The Mysterious <laughs> Spider-Man? The Mysterious Spider-Man. Ooh, Ooh, there you go. Spider-Man. <laughs> no, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal could be good. I mean, I, I I am reacting to it poorly like I did Heath Ledger as the Joker when I first heard it, and boy, <laughs> that turned out to be the wrong cut reaction, so I want to give it a chance, and I think Mysterio is an interesting character to bring to life on screen. But um, my friend John pointed out that if Jake Gyllenhaal at, like acted the way he did in Nightcrawler, that it would be incredibly scary at times because his character in Nightcrawler was very um, off-putting. But will they go scary? I mean, Marvel 
Keaton was scary. Like, see, like, I didn't not, find him that scary. Like, he was a good villain. No, right? I mean but, not like the way he looked. He wasn't imp- he wasn't imposing or anything. The scariest scene is him threatening Peter in the back yeah, of his I, car. He's a little unsettling. Oh sure, man, and Michael Keaton scary. just turns it on so quickly. So I'm sure Jake Gyllenhaal could do the same thing where it's just ha ha, we're happy. I'd also like to point out that the MCU is basically slapping Sony in the face because they're using the two characters that Raimi really wanted to use and Sony wouldn't let them. So, haha, suck it, or, Sony. Or Marvel was like, you know what? These are the best two characters to use, so we shouldn't make the same mistake. You know, it may not be a purposeful. I, I also don't think they want to tread on yeah. what's been good. Yeah, skip the stuff that's already been done. Yeah. You know, we don't need yeah. the remakes. So I think that's a smart decision. I'm not sure. There's a lot There's a lot of stuff in the nerd community right now where every time a company does something, it's to spite another company. I'm not sure that that's true most of the time. I'm pretty sure that Marvel, if they could, would really want to spite Sony, Fox, and uh, Universal. I actually don't think they care at right. all about Warner Brothers, exactly. to be honest. Well, like, so uh, to, uh, today... It, um, is uh, May 22nd, and Mark Hamill's been doing all month long the May the whatever jokes, and he continued it well past, and he's still doing it the entire month. And so for today, he said something about Paramount's logo with the 22 stars, because there are 22 stars in the current Paramount logo. And apparently everybody in the community thinks that he's trolling Paramount for some reason, I guess, because... They own Star Trek and he's in Star Wars or something. All that means like, is he sat there and counted the damn stars. Right. Like, we're just, people are just, like, looking for problems, right? Well, I think it's just the community thrives on conflict. Yeah. It's, it's what we like. So I, I don't think Marvel cares what Sony may or may not have wanted to do for Spider-Man 3. You know? But that's just me. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Any more news? Cool. New. Then let's move on to Deadpool 2. Um, before we dive into spoilers, we'll go around and give just kind of a quick non-spoiler, kind of quick review about what you think about the film. We'll start with Ryan. If you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. It wasn't as good as the first one, but the humor is very similar, um, and the character is very similar. It doesn't. There's no really huge changes in the character. Um, they introduced some new ones that are good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you liked the first one, go see it. If you didn't like the first one, you're probably not going to like this one either. Fair enough. Mike? That, that kind of nailed it on the head. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but if you enjoyed it, that one, you'll enjoy this one. And they make some good additions. It's, yeah, I can't say it any better. Right? Uh, the only thing you can really add to that, because that's pretty much my sentiments as well as they did a really good job of adding some twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. Pretty sure I went into it kind of knowing what I was going to get, and I didn't. I got a little bit more, so that was nice. Cool. Yeah, I think we're all fairly close to the same page, it sounds like, at this particular juncture. So without ruining anything, we'll give your spoiler review right here if you have not seen Deadpool 2 yet. Especially if you haven't seen the first Deadpool, because we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about parts from that as well. Uh, give us a pause, go watch the movie, and come back. If you're not interested at all, then we'll see you next week. Uh, there's your spoiler warning. So, Do you want to talk your... I'll talk my numbers. Talk your numbers. I'll talk my numbers. <laughs> so, uh, Deadpool 2 did pretty well uh, its opening weekend. Brought in a little over $125 million, which is actually shy of the first movie, which is a little surprising given that the first movie was a February release. Right, but didn't the first movie, that includes Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the following Monday. It this was includes all of that. Right, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry to step on your toes. No, you're good, you're good. This includes <laughs> all, all the numbers, not including Tuesday's numbers, because okay. it's still today. So oh, okay. This, this includes Monday's numbers. Um, so it didn't do quite as well as, as the first one, but still, $125 million opening weekend is, is good. Yeah. Right? There are plenty of movies that don't make that at all. Like Rampage still has not cracked a hundred million domestically. Oh. So uh, it's made a ton of money internationally, but just as an example, yeah. video game um, movies do so much better everywhere else in the world. <laughs> everywhere else. Um, it had a uh, $110 million budget, which was a pretty substantial increase from the first one. Uh, I didn't realize how much of an increase until we looked at these numbers. So that will actually impact what I have to say later. Uh, but it has passed the $300 million mark. It beat out Infinity War to be number one at the box office. Not super surprising given that this was Infinity War's third or fourth week. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you know, at some point somebody else is going to come along and I'm sure Solo will take it next weekend or this coming weekend that is. So, yeah, you know, most likely. It's still a Star Wars movie, so, you know, a million people is, are going to see it. It's blockbuster season. People don't hold the box office for very long in this time. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't happen. Black Panther had a really wonderful hurricane of kismet where, you know, all the blockbusters that followed in the coming weeks flopped pretty bad because of terrible reviews from both critics and audiences. And, uh... Well, it's competition. The representation was pretty great. Well, that was a big deal, but this competition was much lower. I mean, you had yeah. Red Sparrow, A Wrinkle in Time, and Tomb Raider. Yeah. You know, not Infinity War, Deadpool, and a Star Wars. Well, you remember they moved Infinity Wars up to April back they did. in at the yeah. beginning yeah. of the year, and I got to imagine it was because they saw that nice gap where they could really dominate for a solid month. I'm sure that was part of it. It also helped because they were already going to be releasing in other countries that weekend, so it helped avoid some spoilers for people. Um, that's a, I appreciate that as a movie watcher. That's been a complaint of mine when movies release significantly early in other places mm-hmm. that it ruins it for other people who don't live there. Um, so you could do the same for trailers there at a certain point. I mean, to an extent, you know, but like, for example, Star Trek Beyond opened a month early in okay. Australia. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if, you know, if you were in Australia, you got to see it a solid much, month like a before Jeez, everybody else. Dollar, I think, but... Full dollar. <sighs> we're starting this new thing. Where if Derek makes a Star Trek reference on a non-Star Trek podcast, he owes us money. And at the end of the year, we're going to use that money to buy new equipment. <laughs> it's weird. It's almost as if my money already goes to the new equipment. But I, now we can directly see that money so, go to the new equipment. How much should he have to put in for a Star Trek reference? All right. I you thought what I was saying was relevant. It's the only example I know off the top of no, my head. It was completely so. relevant. Yeah. Right. That was a relevant one because that's like a solid month is insane. Yeah, a month is a long time, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. In the modern era of, of social media, a spoiler, the weekend of is is probable, let alone a yeah. whole month. So for sure. Anyway, um, so that's that. Those are the numbers. It did very well, but it didn't do incredibly well, which I think is probably anticipated. Yeah. You know, the thing I keep reading about is does this signal superhero fatigue? And I, I don't know. I really don't think so. I mean, 125 million is nothing to snub your nose at. And, I don't know, I just don't see the superhero fatigue thing setting in. Majority of people are broke. They can't afford a movie every single week. That's, I made a post a couple weeks ago that engaged a lot of people about when we can talk spoilers. And everybody agreed, you know, two weeks is long enough, and that's great. And, uh, it's just, like... That's so weird to me because I go see a movie in the opening weekend and then I realize that, oh, people don't prioritize as poorly <laughs> as I do. So that's fine. That's well, fine. Well, yeah. I mean, it used to be me and a buddy of mine in college would go see a movie every single week and I hated it because eventually I ran out of things that I wanted to see. Right. And nowadays and I've got kids, it's like I get to see maybe a movie a month and even less than that because I only really prioritize Marvel movies almost exclusively. That makes sense. Well, I mean, Deadpool had some non-movie competition in a good chunk of the country, especially the Midwest. It was graduation weekend. That's true. So lots of families traveling, lots of, you know, graduation parties and ceremonies and that type of thing. So, you know, seeing a movie gets pushed lower and lower down that list when you've got a lot of relatives in. Or higher up the list, depending on your relatives. Well, that may be, yeah. So, all right, so let's dive into this thing. Yeah, Let's do it. Where do you guys want to start? I think we should start at the very beginning That's with weird. Vanessa's death. Oh, you mean with the woman in the refrigerator? Mm, yep. Yep. I did like how the opening credit trail, um, it, it took about, in both of the times I went to see it, it took about maybe two or three minutes into the song, the James Bond kind of theme thing, for people to notice that they were trolling their own decision to kill her off in the credits. Mm-hmm. Like It wasn't until I realized that it was starring someone who obviously hates to share the spotlight. I, it wasn't until then I noticed, oh, I see what they're doing there. And it, you heard those little bits of laughs coming out of the audience during that opening James Bond uh, montage thing, which I thought actually was really cool. That song was an original song by Celine Dion, by the way. <laughs> which the music video was awesome. Oh, like, Super weird. Apparently Ryan Reynolds just has Celine Dion's phone number and was able to get that to happen. So You know what they say, it's who you know. Yes. 
And he knows Celine Dion, so... In the credits, though, they also reference the director, uh, the director David Leach, Leach, also directed John Wick, and mm, said, dog, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty great how they touched on and this. And the, uh, like, Logan death thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that was hilarious. How long before we yeah. see those things pop up on eBay? I mean, I, I really hope. I would love to see that. that little, the Logan on the <laughs> thing, and I thought that was great. Um, I did like cinematography was by Blind Owl. Yeah. I thought that was clever. So I like the, the credits. But yeah, so um, I mean, having Vanessa ki- be killed off pretty early in the movie makes a lot of sense. She was in very little of the promotional material and was not. She was at like all the junkets. Right. Yeah. Well, she yeah. has to do that. I mean, otherwise people just know that she's not a part of the film. Right. Well, she was a part of the film in the weird dream sequences. Those are good. Like I liked those. Her death you and i talked about this it actually held more emotional significance to me than like a lot of the deaths in infinity war (laughs) but i maintain that's because i don't know how that's going to resolve so maybe in avengers 4 i'll feel better i want to know what ryan's uh ryan's thoughts are here because i feel like he's biting his tongue I'm just saying everybody speak. He does that. He does that. I know. Um, Do your thing, dude. I think that this kind of leads off a huge problem that I have with the movie. Um, The first one basically set up a universe where he's making fun of all these tropes. Uh, They're all made fun of in the movie, superhero tropes in general, or movie tropes, uh, pop culture tropes. Uh, And then in this movie... uh, it's still doing that, but it's also asking us to care about him in those same tropes. And a lot of them is doing it unironically. Like, they're not doing it so that they can make fun of it later. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're wanting us to care about these things that they really just spent a full movie and a lot of this movie just making fun of. And Vanessa, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Part of that. Um, you know, the dream sequences were not done for a laugh. You know, they, you were meant to take those seriously. And it's developed to develop Wade Wilson as a character. But... For me, the fun in the first one was that you really there wasn't really a lot of Wade Wilson development. It was Deadpool. That's who he is now, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I don't know. That it was a theme throughout the movie that that uh, they wanted to make fun of these same things that they were doing, but when they, which they made fun of sometimes, but then other times we were, they weren't supposed to. They were supposed to be taken seriously, and it really kind of. It wore me out a little bit trying to keep track of what I was supposed to be taking seriously and what I wasn't supposed to be Did taking seriously. Did you laugh seriously. at random parts in this theater you weren't supposed to? Um, like, I didn't doing? laugh at it, but I was I was just more like, is this something I'm supposed to be laughing? Like, is this supposed to be funny? Or, you know, what yeah. is this a joke or is it not? A, like, is there a punchline coming up? Because every time that they were make they weren't making, they were making fun of the things they were doing, there was a punchline. They you were there serious for a little bit, and a punchline came up very shortly after. And so, any time that something was supposed to be taken seriously, I just, you know, I wasn't sure. Should you know, is there going to be a punchline coming up? Should I take this seriously as it's happening? Which that was a big problem for me with this movie. I still enjoyed it, and you know, the humor was good, and there was a lot of things I liked about it. But that was a pretty big problem in the movie for me. Well, as a movie that is supposed to parody tropes, committing the girl in the refrigerator trope is pretty intense like if you're not familiar with that uh it was kind of developed in the 90s where somebody was like let's stop killing women to motivate men yeah and that, that's from a green lantern with kyle rayner um and i was thinking about that earlier today and it was just kind of because what drive you have to figure out what drives your protagonist and a strong uh, motivation for any protagonist is going to be loss. Mm-hmm. And yes, women keep ending up in refrigerators, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, and it's kind of a systemic of the problem that who predominantly are the protagonists? Well, yeah. it's, it's men. So, I mean, and would the would Negasonic have reacted in the same way if they had killed off um, Yuki? Yuki? Yuki-Oh. Yuki-Oh. Yuki-Oh I, I kept hearing Yu-Gi-Oh, and I knew that wasn't right in the theater, but Anyway, and it's I think that's just kind of the thing is that what drives these protagonists and loss is one of them, and you spent the first movie building up this relationship, um, and so it kind of had to be taken away. I was kind of hoping in the second one they would take her away and she would come back because Vanessa is copycat. copycat. Yeah, right. So I, I I honestly thought they were going to kind of go that way with it, mm-hmm. and they might still because she's alive at the end supposedly. Well, the the irony of them using a mechanic basically invented in the Green Lantern comic book, that was not lost on me at all. <laughs> so, um, you know, 
But yeah, everything's undone at the end. He goes back and he saves Vanessa. Yeah, okay, so all of that's canon makes no sense to me at all. Oh, I loved it. It was it, it, it undid the entire movie, and I think that was okay, because Deadpool, to me, he isn't about universe building. He's right. here, if at the end of reading his books or watching his movie, did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yourself? I'm not talking about them resetting the movie. I'm talking about the scenes that take place outside of the movie, like the ones that take place during Wolverine Origins. Oh, and that was like, so cathartic. Like That's just weird and... I don't know. Like, if you want to have a fun post credit scene, that's totally fine. But the claim like that and, like, the Ryan Reynolds killing himself thing in two different ways is, like, that's, quote, canon. Clearly regrets taking the that, Green Lantern role. I'm not sure they know what the word canon means. Right. So. I don't think <laughs> I'm not sure it really, like I said, I'm not really sure it matters. I think it was just because they could. And there's done some of that similar stuff in Deadpool comic books. Mm-hmm. And each one would spur its own independent timeline essentially right. so that it wasn't in the main timeline um, like that's a big part of what cable's all about right and so you know i i didn't have as big a problem with that although uh you know i th- i th- think it was funny that like when we were talking about infinity war theories and what was going to happen uh and you mentioned that if they just did something to basically in in avengers 4 to wipe out everything that happened in avengers 3 um, to time travel to reset it, just wipe everything out. That you would have a huge problem with that. But then in this movie, you don't have a huge problem with that. I think no, no, I, I I think it's lame. And Ryan Reynolds oh, okay. didn't like it either. Okay, he didn't want them to do that. He thought that if you're going to kill Vanessa off, you have to actually kill Vanessa off. And to backtrack is he? What? How did he call? There was a. I was reading a quote from him, but he basically said it's cheating because you spend the entire movie telling people to feel a certain way, and then you yeah. reset. And it was it his whole motivation scene. through exactly. the whole movie. And that's yeah. the exact same point I have for Infinity War. You're okay. going to watch a two and a half hour film where I'm supposed to feel terrible for these characters that you're just going to bring back in the next movie. Right. I don't want right. to go. So I don't want to go. That's all I'm talking about. <laughs> so you know, like, if, so I don't like that. I okay. think it was lame. You know, I I think that. Especially when you call call those scenes canon. If you want to have a bunch of random scenes for fun because it's Deadpool and you want to make jokes like the Wolverine scene, that's fine. Because you wanted Hugh Jackman in the movie, he said no, so this is your way of doing it. I get that. But to claim that you're now resetting the timeline in your post credit scenes is lame. Well, I mean, do you really expect Deadpool to pop up in the next X-Men movie or any? like? I mean, I know that there's no. a potential that... The MCU can now incorporate well, the no, they, X-Men universe. And they can't yet. <laughs> so well, so it, it's, 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 it's potentially on the table. And it's just one of those things, I guess, I guess I don't have that expectation of what's going on with Deadpool to be in any way touched upon even in any of the other... Well, but the, well, I, didn't expre- I didn't expect Weapon X to show up randomly for a completely useless yeah. scene in Apocalypse either. So, True. I mean, it's entirely they've possible that they could do that. They have a history of it. No, you're absolutely right. And they've, they've you know... Days of Future Past was designed to completely erase X-Men 3, and we know that they're going to be doing an X-Force movie, and if they don't do an X-Force movie, they're going to do another Deadpool movie, right? So the things that they reset, especially the Vanessa piece, will have an impact on future stories. Or maybe it won't. Maybe she's actually, like, maybe it's completely dead, and everything that happened after that was just for fun. It was just... Fun. Well, it was the right. It, it was, was funny. I did find the stuff funny. So yeah, like, I, agree. I, I, I didn't. I laughed. But they I, officially have announced that those scenes are canon. And so, you know, in a year they can officially unannounce it too. Well, all right. Like, well, that's, that's just lazy. That, <laughs> so that's what Domino is. I mean, if you're talking about lazy, I mean, a character that has everything work out for them because it's lucky. But that's clever that's lazy. though, because her power is luck, which is satirical. Right. This is a real world statement that was made by the people who run the movie. That is my issue. With telling and not showing. Stop telling me in press junkets and press releases that this is what you meant to put in your movie. Just start showing me that. Otherwise, I'm not going to take you seriously anymore. Well, right. It's the whole Lando's pansexual. That's great. Does he hit on dudes and chicks and space droids. aliens and droids. I hope like, so. Because if he doesn't, then he's not really, and you're just queer baiting like an asshole. That's what they did in the first movie, when there was, they were talking about Deadpool bet. being pansexual and everything. It's like, because of one joke about being hit right up Main Street, that was it. That was the entire base. And of, I don't think it was. And no, right? and I, I thought that was a load of crap, too. Alright, so we, we focus on the post-credit scenes and the intro. We missed the rest of the movie. Okay, um... <laughs> Well, because the rest of the movie doesn't happen now because of the way exactly, so and bad, we're doing. So. Good night, everybody. I guess let's a good talk point. cable then. Let's All talk right. cable. Let's talk Domino because they were fairly big in the movie. Um, 
Actually, can I just interject with one last do, thing about do that? It. Like, do um, your thing. One thing I really did like about the we were, you were talking about like the dream state he was in. I thought it was really cool. They kind of showed where his mind went to when he was regenerating like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've really ever seen anything touched on like that with Deadpool before. Where it normally it, it just kind of felt interesting. And I did. I was kind of disappointed at the end when they pulled the whole time swap with the the token to save his life at the end because the entire time they kept repeating your heart's in the wrong place mm-hmm. I was really hoping it would turn out that no his heart was literally, oh, literally. in the wrong place that's what I thought it was going to be at the end and I was like oh man alright moving on Cable I yeah. need to get that bit out I did think no that. You're, you're good I, we'll get to the death too because I have some stuff to say about that as well okay okay um, cool so Cable so I mean I thought he was fine I mean Josh Boland's great in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in even the bad movies he's in he's good Men in Black so, Jonah Hex I mean <laughs> look I didn't like the American version of Old Boy but he was still good in it right so he's um, not a bad actor right so he did a fine job yeah um, I it's kind of weird because if you don't know who Cable is you still don't know who Cable is no, like, the Cable movie tells you nothing about him is, they really didn't it, in the comics Cable is the straight man to Deadpool he is a very boring character. And he ends up, like, platonically falling in love with Deadpool, and that's why he keeps him around, I guess. Otherwise, why not just blow his brains out? Yeah. I don't know if that was a joke or not, though, because he was seriously grabbing Colossus' butt hard. It was nice. Um, Josh Brolin was good as Cable, but yeah, like you guys said, he was... I mean, I didn't really know how to feel about him, because other than... All all he was was a straight man of Deadpool. He could have put literally any character in that role, basically, and, you know... I don't know. That it was, was kind of the, well, that was, that was kind of the role Colossus played in the first. Yeah, movie. and he did it also in this one. So we yeah. had we had, and so did Domino. So we basically had three straight men to to, to the uh, one, to the which one. is a ratio you kind of need with that level. Of I guess Cable's motivation in the first one, like the exact same thing happens to Cable that happens to Deadpool in the beginning of the movie. They both lose their loved ones. Yeah, and now they want some. Have to, they have to deal with that, like, right? So they have the exact same journey. I will say that by the end of the movie, I was on Cable's side because I hated Russell so much. I just wanted him to have that bullet right through his head. And I I don't usually want children characters to die that brutally, but I just hated that kid. I was like, there is no redeeming this character just get rid of him please don't put him in a sequel i just kept flashing back and thinking of expecting him to call a kitty a bad kitty and oh, cheesy food. all i could think of was this is eric cartman is all i could You're think not of wrong it was, I, I didn't like him at all, all. i thought i found him to be obnoxious the entire time i was talking to some some people about it and i just like he's not a good bad guy he's not a good good guy he's just annoying and obnoxious throughout the entire freaking movie there was a lot of the humor in this movie that i felt was like trying a little bit too hard to be edgy and he was centered around not all of it but a lot of it was kind of based around him it's like hey let's have a kid flip somebody off (laughs) that's hilarious let's have a kid pull a shank out of his yeah like multiple times he's talking about it six times throughout yeah i also thought that at the very end he was saying oh damn it feels good to be a gangster and i couldn't help but think is that is a Super dated rap preference for a child of that age to be making, <laughs> and this is supposed it to be really slightly in the future it. too. It, it really wasn't did. like it was, was it just... no? Can we talk about the timeline for a second? Sure, this because wasn't the first one supposed to be slightly in the future? I don't know, but they had the 1980s X Men there. So they did. They had, if you guys didn't notice, they had James McAvoy, Alexander Ship, Evan Peters. And Nicholas Holt. And they looked exactly like they did in, in Apocalypse. Yep. So, you know, what is Deadpool set in the 80s? Just that one Listen, room is set you know, in the 80s. I know you had a big problem with Homecoming's uh, timeline goof. So if you don't have a problem with this one, then... Dude, look, I think, you're coming at me like for, that I hold this movie up to some, like... No, I know, I know. I, no, just, like, I was wanting to know if you had a bigger when problem When they showed up one. in that room, I laughed because right. it was hilarious. And then I thought about it for a second. <laughs> and I was like, why are they there? It should have been Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen playing chess or something. Right. Right. That would have been way better. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been way better. It would have been cheaper too, but um, that's what, like it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. they were probably filming Phoenix yes. on the next lot over, right. so they could just pull everybody. Over. And Ryan was like, "Hey, no, it would be really funny." Yeah, I right? don't <laughs> think they were. This movie filmed entirely in Canada. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. But they could have been filming at the time and just flew the ones That's that true. could go out there. Is the mansion in Canada? I don't. Well, they had an ex- interior set, but they had exterior shots of you know like when he's got the little the, the phone. The I box will and go stuff. and find this. I'm out, just asking because, okay? like, I imagine the. I mean, that's going to be in Phoenix too, right? So maybe they were there conveniently on the same day. Most likely. 
Who knows? I don't know. The, the, Who knows? It's I, the only thing that makes sense, because at least then you could be like, well, look, we had these people sitting in the other room. Let's just do it. Yeah, they didn't right? want to develop all new costumes for <laughs> these guys that are now 30 years older than they were the last time we saw them. Well, because what were you going to do? Like, cast totally random people and put them in costumes that look like the animated cartoon or something? That would have been, been, been great, but it would have confused everybody. They'd be like, who are these like, people? The, yeah, And it would have been really expensive, right? So well, the spike walking by would have been kind of cool. Hmm. X-Men, uh... uh Evolution? Yeah. Storm's nephew? Yeah. It's a, it's an obscure reference to be sure. But. I actually watched X-Men Evolution more than the, the older show. So, there you go. But, uh, anyway, no, that bothered me. The, t- the time, okay. I need consistency in my movies. If you want to be ridiculous, that's one thing, but I need some level of consistency. The kid who also plays David Hollert in the Legion oh. show, he was also in this. He was in the Essex School as the serial kid, that's that's what he's officially credited as. But because it's the same actor, people just assume this is also David Holler. Uh, so that makes the timeline even more screwed up. And like, what decade is this movie? And like, I don't even know what year. Like, Spider Man was off by eight years. This movie's off by decades. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spider Man wasn't only off by like a year or two. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, still, was, it was a smaller consistency. Yeah. It was, it was still an unforgivable oversight in that one. Yeah. My standards just so much lower with Deadpool, just because it's just like I, I'm going there for the for the tongue in cheek comedy and the ultra violence, and it meets that. And you're right, it, it's screwy. I'm not saying it's not. It's just I'm just saying I, I accept that as part of what Deadpool's about. But this movie, to Ryan's point earlier, was trying to be serious. Like it has a much darker story. It's a much well, more serious story. I feel like the movie tripped up. Because it couldn't ever decide who was the antagonist. Because there, there wasn't really. Russell's the antagonist. Cable. The uh, Cable's the antagonist. Juggernaut's the antagonist. Black Tom Cassidy is the antagonist. The Headmaster's the antagonist. Juggernaut was unnecessary and not okay. I, like, <laughs> okay. That, I, really? I do have a... I hated everything <laughs> I, I gotta say, it. I didn't hate Juggernaut, but like... We the only live live action juggernaut we've gotten is uh, Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones. Jones I'm not saying right? that was any better. No, and, and but at least it's redeemed it a little one bit. Of the Actually, first memes. it might have been better because like it wasn't really terrible CGI. Yeah, juggernaut <laughs> CGI. Well, at least in the maybe it was better. Like I don't know, did they show us on IMAX or something? Sometimes that changes. Yeah, we, the CG. No, we saw it on IMAX. It looked pretty oh, okay. Bad. It looked bad in the regular show. Yeah. Too, but, <laughs> it um, the suit looked cool. You know, I thought that I wanted the more like brown suit that's more traditional I guess uh, you know like the brown metal oh right um, they could have just made it look rusty and that would have done the trick but and, uh, I thought it was cool when he ripped Deadpool in half like that was something yes. that's happened in the comic books um, but they didn't utilize his actual powers at all like he just nope. resorted to a fist fight with mm-hmm. Colossus instead of you know, using the whole momentum thing. Um, they did point out that he was Charles's brother, which was... Okay. It, it was a little bit of what happened. The thing that I thought weird about Colossus is that why in the hell would these people in the Supermax let him keep the helmet? Juggernaut. Why does he still wear that thing? Yeah, I mean, that... that because he's the Juggernaut. Because he's the Juggernaut. It, it, so, fun, fun little fact for those who don't know, if you were watching the credits, uh, the voice of Juggernaut was credited as himself. It's actually Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. He also did the facial mocap for Juggernaut. Um little tidbit there. I thought he was just totally unnecessary. He yeah. was. He he needed to be there just like, because they needed someone to bring in Cable again. He was he was a mode of transport for the kid. And that's all he was. To get the kid from point A to point B. But he really wasn't. The kid did basically everything by himself. But yeah, but would he have been would he have been ballsy enough to go do that? And go to that, you know. Like, I mean, you just have to slightly rewrite the character. Like nothing changes in the actions that take place. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, arguing yeah, that yeah. he was a useful addition no. to the movie, but that's literally all he was was a plot device right. to get the car- get the kid from point A to now, point B. The thing is, Black Tom Cassidy could have been that plot device. Yeah. He has decent enough powers that could have been used instead of just you know talked about, I guess. And uh, they didn't have to shoot him in the head. They could have saved a ton of money on CGI, but they wanted to go balls to the wall for Juggernaut and I don't think it paid off. I thought it was a waste of effort when they had these other antagonists already they could have used and Black Tom Cassidy would have filled that role. Now the, I mean the headmaster is the only villain in the movie. Yeah. Right? And so you have all these characters who are trying to be the villain through most of the film or at least they're trying to tell you that they're the villain through most of the film and none of them are the villain. They're just in each other's way. Yeah. It's really a story about three people in each other's way the whole time. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. They could have done a better job of finding a narrative, filling the narrative hole with someone other than the Juggernaut. I was yeah. just, as soon as I saw Black Tom, I thought, oh, they're going to use Juggernaut. 
because they, the two go hand in hand. Well, when it's they true. showed when they showed the cell, and he's like, "There's like a monster down there." I'm like, "All right, well, that's the original X Men character that shows up because I had heard about that." <laughs> well, it was just yeah, because you needed something for Act Three to bring the team together to fight because otherwise you would have had. I was wondering the entire time before going in, it's like, okay, so Cable's going to come out. It's going to be Deadpool versus Cable. Then they're going to have to bring in some tertiary thing to say, okay, well now we have to fight together to fight this guy. And that's what the part of the role that Juggernaut filled. But I absolutely agree. They could have done a better job to make it more interesting. Because it was just, here's this big guy that can tear him in half. So thanks, Juggernaut, we get the baby legs. Which was the most knee-slappingness part of the movie to me. I don't think I ever need to see a baby dick again. Just saying. Maybe as a parent, I'm just been like indoctrinated to that. I've accepted that as part of life. <laughs> I must have like blinked at the right moment because I didn't see it. It was super quick. But... I, I got, I'm not sure if I like that scene or not. I feel like it went on much longer than it needed to. So I went with my dad, who I don't usually go to movies with. The last, <laughs> movie, I saw, the last movie I went to go see him with with him was the third Hobbit movie. So it's been a little while. But um, he really liked the first Deadpool, and I needed somebody to go with, so it was perfect. And he laughed his ass off at that scene. I have never seen him laugh so hard. He, I thought he was going to pass out. Like, he loved it. So, I mean, I think with the general masses, it's probably pretty... I didn't laugh nearly as hard as him, but I still thought it was... I mean, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. There were certain parts that were hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, when he got up and walked on the baby legs, like, that was funny, but, uh... I think when all of them were, like, ripping Cable a new one, they were just making fun of him, I I think I laughed harder at that part, to be honest. Oh, because of his fanny pack? Yeah. <laughs> like... That was pretty funny. So, okay, so we got the baby legs scene, but earlier in the movie, he gets exploded into a bunch of little pieces. And we don't why, think... Yeah, why yeah. was there... He was fine, like... I'm assuming shortly after with no baby parts. So. Well, there's there's some inconsistency about like if a certain part of him blows off, what grows? Colossus right? did so. say that he watched him for two weeks. So it took two weeks to grow a body under his head? Or well, is it because he had body. all the body pieces? Do they reconnect? Yeah, I don't know. It's well, like a C-3PO or something? It's hard to say. I mean, Why did they just keep the lower legs when Colossus ripped them in half and then he would have been fine, like... So they could do that baby. scene. Yeah, I, but, you know what I mean? Like, in, the, in universe, it doesn't really make that much yeah. sense why they wouldn't have just... I mean, Colossus knows that, obviously, that if he takes both the pieces... Maybe we need to talk about on. X-Force. Yeah. Alright, that was a letdown. Well, I mean, it was good, but at the same time, I mean, as soon as... Don't do that to Terry Crews, guys. Come on. Dude had two lines. I feel the opposite of you. I don't think it was a letdown. I think it was perfect the way they built it all up in the trailers and the press junkets and everything, and then they're all immediately killed off. <laughs> no, I thought um, it was good, yeah. When, when you saw Peter in the trailer, if you go see a lot of movies, you knew that either, one, he was going to die immediately, or yeah. two, he was going to save the day and be the, the hero of the movie. Yeah. Um, and so... Obviously, the first one of those things happened. He died immediately, and so did Bedlam, and so did Shatterstar, and so did the Zeitgeist, Bill Skarsgård. Vanisher. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was... I I actually really liked that they killed X-Force off. It was completely unexpected, and and that movie... Well, that was the the best way to actually show Domino's powers, but everybody else dying because of these terrible (laughs) wins... And Domino and gets Domino's to live? Like, yeah. like, that was the best way to start her off, in my opinion. Yeah, and her action scenes, the like sequences they had of showing her extraordinary luck was so much better than anything else in the movie. That was kind it of a letdown better than most of the stuff in the comics. For that sure. It, like, for her. You know, I'm... In the TV show, the X-Men TV show, the best they could do is, like, see her make impossible sniper shots. And that's her luck. Like... Here she can drive a car without actually driving it, and she always hits her target, and she survives this terrible windstorm. <laughs> well, I liked when you first meet her, she's like, yeah, things always kind of work out for me. Like, I kind of yeah, like that. She downplays everything. <laughs> Luck's not a superpower. Yeah, I thought, I thought she was great. Uh, I would love to see her come back. And I, I think Absolutely. that the X-Force, with everybody dying, basically was to re- build a stronger team uh, of characters that we've... Because it's all pretty much the old characters, right? I mean, you've yeah. got... Uh, other than Domino, who was just introduced in this movie, but Negasonic yeah. right, exactly. um, is, was the last movie. And Colossus, I don't know if he's going to be part of X-Force. Probably not because he's an actual X-Man, but... Um, At this point, I feel like he's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I loved the Deadpool and him interactions. That was great. And uh, the interactions between um, Deadpool and Yukio, or whatever. Like, that was adorable. so adorable every time. Yeah. Um, Hi, Yukio. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that was great. And so I wanted. I actually was a little disappointed we didn't get to see more of her and yeah. uh, Negasonic. I actually really liked Negasonic in the first one, and I, I really liked her in this one. And there's obviously been some development, but we didn't get enough of of, of her. Yeah, she's um, super cool. I, I really was hoping to see a little bit. Her more powers her are used very creatively, like yeah. you know, bit to stop when she when she gets blown back by the fireball to stop it from damaging her. I, you know, no, it's good. You know, there. I would love to see the more creative uses of the, of the powers, but when the trailer introduced the X-Force and I'm an X-Force comic reader. I have most of the issues since the revamp in the 2000s and I was like why the hell are they using some of these randos that like get pulled for the most ridiculous storyline. Shatterstar? Shatterstar? Like come on. Like really? You're gonna use a And they're gonna give him the costume? Like come on. And then uh, to watch them all die I was like that's why. Yeah, they, they went to the executives and they it. said, hey, give us like six characters you will never use in a movie. <laughs> yeah, as, much as, I, as much as I love Terry Crews and I wanted to be in the superhero universe, like it... That was fun. It was fun and it was unexpected, so I hope he gets a role somewhere else uh, so. in a superhero movie, but but it was worth it in those it was, yeah, it was And a... maybe they're back, you know, I mean... He went, I guess they did the they, were, they were doing time time Peter yeah. changed, so you know they changed the thing with Peter. So maybe he went back and saved all of them. I mean, you don't. Well, know. I mean, that goes back to the post credit things where they're changing time and everything. So he goes back and he saves Vanessa, but he still has to go back to save Peter. So why is Peter still in that situation if the entire beginning of the movie doesn't start the same way? I mean, oh god, we'll start messing with time travel. Yeah, sure. We're gonna have to have a conversation. All right, so That's terrible. Um, no, I. I thought all of them were really fun. I, the Vanisher part was probably my favorite just because, like, before they jump out of the plane, I wasn't sure there was actually a person. And then when the shoot opens, I'm like, all right, so there's actually supposed to be somebody there. And then it's freaking Brad Pitt. See, I didn't catch that when I saw the movie because it was so fast yeah. that I just didn't notice it. I don't know if I just blinked. Like, when you blink for the baby dick, I think I blinked for Brad Pitt, which I would have rather That's blinked for the baby dick probably. The interesting oh, yeah. anecdote, I read that in order to get Brad Pitt to do this, the his only request was that Ryan Reynolds deliver a cup of coffee to him. And he took the oh, SAG minimum, funny. and it was, the whole thing was, sure, I'll do it, but Ryan Reynolds must personally deliver me a coffee. I'll go well, with it. Well, he had to drop out, he was originally cast as Cable, and he had right. to drop out due to scheduling, so instead they brought him back to uh, this. It would have been such a different cable. I don't. I'm not saying it would have been bad because Brad Pitt's a great actor, but it would have been a very different cable. Absolutely. I was uh, maybe that would have been good Lang. too. Who knows? I thought Stephen Lang would have been a good job. Or honestly, well, if you want to see him as cable, just watch uh, Avatar. Right? I mean, For sure. Yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah. the same character. Yeah. Other than time travel. Absolutely. Well, then you can just watch Terra Nova and boom, yeah, there you, there you go. go. Time that too. Yeah. Right. Also, Dolph Lundgren would have been great. Dolph. <laughs> He's a little, yeah. I guess he's probably close. He's too busy to the next Rocky but, movie, or uh, yeah, yeah, next Rocky movie, right. and he might be in the next Expendables too, because that was just greenlit. Um, so speaking of some of the cameos, though, there were two other cameos: um, Alan Tudyk and Matt Damon yep. were the two rednecks that Cable first bumps into when he travels back in time and which, murders and murders, uh, which is just kind of hilarious to me. Now the last two movies I've seen Matt Damon in are this and Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> He's their go-to cameo now. Right? Yeah. That guy doesn't actually work anymore. He just shows up for cameos yeah. now. Speaking of cameos, I noticed Stan Lee was suspiciously absent from this one. He's in like a painting yeah, on, a a painting wall, on a wall. Like graffiti or something. Oh. So it's like they're giving him the Netflix treatment where he can't actually be in it, but he can be like a little picture in, in the police station. Oh. Stanley is very sick and there's something going on with him right now. Like everything on his social media is very frightening. So like I would not be surprised if we're done seeing him in cameos oh. at this point, which sucks. That completely sucks, but at least Infinity Wars, his last one, or maybe even Ant-Man and the Wasp, so who knows, but it, yeah, he's going through some stuff right now, and it's very difficult to pinpoint. Go back, look at his Twitter, it's not okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, especially when you realize, like, his first, his cameo in the first film was actually one of his larger cameos, so he clearly would have wanted to do it if he could. Yeah, for sure. You know? Um, and but, honestly... <laughs> He's he's still a fun, dirty old man. So when Iron Man wanted him as Hugh Hefner and told him he 
hey, we got real playmates to be on your <laughs> army. And when Deadpool was like, you're going to be a strip DJ club, at a DJ, real yeah. strip club and you're going to see some tits. He was like, yeah, Actually, I'm there. No, he wasn't in an he actual strip club for that. He, he, he was on like a oh, different no. set. Yeah, no. He but I bet on. that is how they promised it to him. He was pissed. No, no, there's a, he's pissed about it. He oh, was. Yeah? He, he was told he was going to be in this strip club full of people and he goes into sound booth, like it's a stage for the DJ booth and it's not actually at the same set. No. He was not happy. <laughs> Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so well, what were your guys' like favorite references? There was a lot of references to other things throughout this. Uh, the the that somebody can't draw feet was a good one. Oh, Rob Liefeld. That's a deep cut. Yeah, if you're not a deep I, I picked fan. that one up, and I thought on the second second show, I thought of that. Honestly, my favorite one was. Um, it was a self-referential one, which I kind of got tired of them after there a certain were a point. Lot. But one of the first ones was him going back to pick up the cocaine yeah. right next to the score for blindness, and then the punch in the so face good. and LeBron move. I thought that was great. Um, Referencing the first movie was fun with the, for the first two. The yeah. Jesus line of speaking his name in the same sentence as Jesus with the domestic gross and everything, and then the the cure for blindness, and then everything else after that, which is kind of uh, you're, you're get something fresher. I'm with you on that one. I don't, I don't know if I have... I mean, that's the, the cocaine thing yeah, the, next to the cure for blindness was pretty hilarious. That was that was nice because it's very quick and if you're not thinking about it, you probably would miss it. Um, so I, I like that one quite a bit. I, I don't know. Out of all the references to Brolin's previous work, the One-Eyed Willie one was my favorite because Goonies is one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. And, and they did keep the fan, a Thanos line in there. They which, did. Although it was different than the one in the trailer, but it's still... Yeah, was interesting. I thought that would not make it. I also didn't think the DC universe line would make it. I knew that was going to be in there. Like I'm a, I'm a little sick of it at this point. Like just the Martha joke. I, like, I did laugh at the Martha joke. I got no, no, like some, sometimes it's funny, you know. But I'm just at this point, like just make your own movie. Like, you know, I was, I, was kind of like, I, I didn't watch the trailer for this one as much as I did the first one. And in the first one, I was kind of disappointed because I felt like there were a bunch of different jokes that were in the trailers that ended up being in the movie. Where it could have been something like, clearly it was T.J. Miller and Ryan Reynolds with ad-libbing stuff, and mm-hmm. they used the same jokes. And I didn't, and I saw that same thing here, and it kind of disappointed me. So I mean, the DC Universe one, that's a great one, where it was like, yeah, it's a funny line, but maybe pick something different than what you use in the trailer. To also, keep it's it kind of easy pressure. pickings. Like, everybody's been making fun of the DC stuff since that's BBS funny. came out, and the Martha thing. But yeah, we get it, it's funny. And I laughed, like I said... Well, that's why, like, some jokes, like, the Thanos joke is funny, because it's actually the same actor playing And it's literally roles. still, like, in theaters. It's right. Like, uh, like it's know. timely. That's that's funny. You're not, yeah. like, it's not, like, it's not a low-blow kind of joke, you know? Like, this movie it's, is... Josh Berlin's collected two really great paychecks right now. Right. Like, it's like, not like he cares. But this movie is essentially two hours of nothing but jokes. I don't feel like they would have been short. You know, and they were just trying to desperately find jokes. It just gets a little old at this point. Yeah, the Green Lantern yeah. jokes are definitely a little played out. Well, that, that was my point. Where it was like the whole premise of the movie is based on a mechanic invented in a Green Lantern comic book, and then you're going to spend chunks of the movie insulting well, Green Lantern. I'm actually so. hoping that him shooting Ryan Reynolds in the head right before he takes Green Lantern is him killing that joke. Like, we're done, okay? Congrats. We had 10 years of making fun of this really crap movie. Like, let's move on. I was kind of disappointed there weren't any Jonah Hex jokes right like mm. make fun of that piece of but sh- but not everybody makes fun of that movie and remembers that he was in it but everybody remembers green lantern because it kind of killed off the start of the dc universe that they were going to make oh, there so. jonah hex was a terrible film and michael fassbender was in that <laughs> the, re- the rest in peace department that's all i gotta say yeah. the rest in peace department. there's plenty of material yeah. to pick from yeah and jeff bridges is one of my favorite actors of all time that is a bad movie so <laughs> uh, i never saw it it just looked too much like men in black to me it's, it's like, like men in black but with ghosts and yeah exactly it just fretted bad special effects um but anyway all right so i will say I, I will gripe on the special effects a little bit in this movie now that i know how much more money it got its budget is almost double the first film, and the first film looks better. And the, yeah, his mask didn't emote as much in this one. Like in the first I didn't one, notice that. in the first one, it seemed like they were really utilizing like the dots on the eyes to make his make him emote. And in this one, I really didn't notice it as much. I was watching for it every mm. time he put the mask on. I was watching for okay. And there was a couple parts when it did it, but I really didn't notice it very much, which no, is I, disappointing because it helps you connect to Deadpool as a character instead right, of Wade. That's such a key you know. part of it, but no, I think you're right, and I will agree with the amount with the basically they had twice the budget, and it didn't feel as good. I mean, I've watched the twelve bullet scene from the first one just a ridiculous amount of times, and oh. it is just 
It's yeah. just so perfect. And this movie didn't have as much good Deadpool action. I mean, the domino scenes were better with her mm-hmm. showing her. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that was partially because with the first one, their, their feet were to the fire for, on so many different levels. With, if this doesn't work, they can't do it anymore. If they had to, they had to make it work with the budget they had. This time around, they had more studio confidence and they, I felt like they, the pressure wasn't as intense this time around and you could really kind of tell. The, the director being almost personally fired by Ryan Reynolds over his casting choice for Cable. And I can't really blame him. The lead from Friday Night Lights? That's stupid. What are you doing? That dude doesn't do anything. Ugh, gross. But he had such a huge hand in making the first one so stylized and sharp that I just don't think um, it was maybe the smart move to kick him out completely. Maybe just, you know... Well, some of it is just how they, they wanted to do some things. Like, Juggernaut looked bad. That was bad CGI. The baby legs were bad. Those were not rendered well at all. It it, it looked old. It looked like old CGI from... Like the Ally McBeal baby. That was really cool. <laughs> it was a touch better than that. <laughs> but, like, the thing what we're talking about here, though, right? Like, I mean, I get it. You wanted to have that joke. But if you're not able to actually do it, then don't do it. Right, if you have to cut it, you have to cut it. And some of the the best movies and TV show concepts we have are because budgets were tight and they had to come up with something else. This is one of those times where maybe don't use Juggernaut if you can't afford to make Juggernaut. Yeah. Right. Use somebody else or there don't. are other powerhouse mutants that have much more, you know, easily displayed powers that they could have done. Didn't have to be Black Tom Cassidy either. So. You know, I really think they just did Juggernaut because they wanted to rip him in half because they wanted to do the baby legs because they wanted to build up for more than the tiny hand because that was such a huge hit the but first time. That's the problem. The two worst CGI scenes are connected to each other from that standpoint. They couldn't afford to do either of them. So... I will say I did like after he got ripped in half that they duct taped his suit together. Yeah. Like, there was some consistency so there. Funny. It was really good, yeah. I but that's the that. low-tech stuff, right? Like the yeah, low-tech yeah, stuff was exactly. pulled off really well, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know a lot of people really appreciated him uh, getting the red suit dirty and it looking like the gray. Yeah, 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 I thought that was good. As yeah. a cosplayer, I was really annoyed because I was like, there's no way that actually looks like that when Dust hits that costume. It, it, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but in the trailers, he had that same look, but when he was coming out of a coffin. Yeah. Uh, but then in this, in the actual movie, when he came out of the coffin, he was bright red. Yeah. And, but then he had the gray suit. So it's kind of weird how... Yeah. They really did a good job with the trailer misleading people, and I appreciate yeah. that, because they weren't, like, lying about the movie, you know, but they were just trying not to spoil a bunch of stuff. No, but it was kind of to poke fun at the people that do watch every trailer and, like, watch all the news and watch all this stuff, because, I mean, unless you were really, really into it, you didn't know Juggernaut was going to be into it. You get, like, a brief, brief glimpse in the trailer of, like, a, a dome, a steel dome, and then you get, like, a little highlight in the yeah. in the truck of a, a heat signature of a big mutant. Mm-hmm. And other than that, like unless you're really looking for it, there's no way you would have known. So that would have been a really big surprise for yeah. most people. I feel the like. three of us are just so tuned in all the time because of this podcast. We, you know, get baited by all these articles and news and things like that. So the fact that I'm still surprised by some things is really nice. But look at what they had to do to surprise. I mean, I truly appreciate it. I do. Yeah. You know, I think that's awesome that they were willing to do that. Maybe that's where they burned some extra budget by filming all those scenes that ended up not being in the movie. Maybe I mean, I think about how much then. better Thor Ragnarok would have been had they not had, had I not known going into it that Hulk was going to be there. I mean, how much more awesome would that have been if you bought like, holy crap, he's here? Yeah, I mean, they and, wanted to use him as the draw, of course, yeah. and, I, and I get that. But still, I, I that's part of my beef with trailers is I do appreciate when they do that misdirect on you. Yeah, and they did announce today also that they're going to be releasing an extended version of the movie on the Blu-ray. Um, or the, whatever when it comes yeah. to video or however people are calling it nowadays, uh, they're gonna there's gonna be I think it's only twelve minutes longer or something, but well, twelve I've, minutes. I've is, heard it will include it's, killing it's baby. The Snyder dog. cut is what they're calling it. The Snyder cut of the movie. So. Are you serious? No, that would be sweet, right? They should put me on the marketing team for that. That'd be hilarious. I'm not sure they can call it that, <laughs> but why not? Snyder isn't a trademark term. They no. could call it like Schneider, like Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's twelve minutes of Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider jokes. Oh my god! Put you can face, do it. Put his face on like a seal on the cover art. It's not like he's doing anything else right now. That would be amazing. Fantastic. I'd, I'd be good for that. See, that's funny. yeah. Derek would buy thank that steel book. That's thank funny. You, thank you. Thank you. All right. I appreciate that. I think that kind of wraps us up. So let's go around really fast and do our letter grades. Ryan, 
Uh, C plus. Mike. A minus. Derek. Well, you go next. We go in the circle. Not when oh, I'm the hosting. You do it. Um, B minus. I was going to say B minus too. All right. So that is going to end us today. Ryan, you want to tell everybody where you're at? I am in the Derek's basement right now. <laughs> <laughs> on social uh, this media. This is an undisclosed location. Oh, I mean, at our undisclosed <laughs> podcast network bunker. Ryan, Somewhere out in Canada. If people <laughs> wanted to reach you online, where could they find Please you? Please don't. But you can find me at Buster Props. Uh, look at my Etsy store. Don't look for me. Um, are you hidden in all the photos <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's i call it the schneider cut of my photos yeah buster props check it out mike can people reach you online oh i mean they could try i mean it'd be don't, a unique challenge don't go after him. <laughs> good luck you'll find a uh a, probably a facebook page it hasn't been updated since i got married so about seven or eight years ago Intense. And possibly an even older LinkedIn profile and a lot of links to some guy on the Orioles named Mike Flanagan or a movie director named Mike Flanagan. Both are not me. I do not have an online presence. Fair enough. I am the Star Trek dude you on are. Twitter and Facebook. You can find me on Gamer Heroes and Red Shirts and Runabouts, two other podcasts on the network. I am Siren Ray, and we are the Heroes Podcast on every single what? You just said that funny. It seemed normal to me. Thank it's, you. It's all good. We're the Heroes Podcast on every single thing that you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch, and, you know, Facebook, and, you know, my spirit's crushed. Your spirit is all crushed. Right. Way to go, so Derek. About it. Next week we're talking Solo. A Star Wars story. I'm going to bring red cups for everybody. Not red Solo cups, because... Why would I do that? I'm not going to go buy cupware for this. I'm just going to have red cups. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really weird. Wow. All right. Well, join us I next week. I'm with my Schneider joke. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Was, yeah was, Schneider's cut right there. Peaked right here in episode 116. Uh, we, will, we will be back next week to review uh, Solo, uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. That is so hard for me to say. You're I want to say Han Solo. I always want to say Han Solo. I guess that's it for us. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.